they do it. They smile in your face. All the time they want to take your place. The backstabbers. Backstabbers. They smile in your face. All the time they want to take your place. The backstabbers. And now it's time to sit back and enjoy the two true freaks internet radio broadcast. As long as they keep on making animated Star Wars, Hope Molinax and Chris Honeywell will be on the case. Welcome to J-Guys and Jedi, a project that began with Clone Wars and now may never end. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering something Star Wars. In this episode... With Vader and Reva moving in, Obi-Wan and the members of the Path must make a desperate stand. There will be flashbacks with baby old man Anakin. Obi-Wan makes a sneaky alliance, and Grande is back and he's putting his whole entire Grandusi into it. We're talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi Part 5 this week. How you doing, Chris? Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> By the way, it's Valentine's Day. Thanks and for spending it with me because we're both single. <laughs> oh, you know who you're spending it with. You're spending it with. Hello. My grounded boyfriend? Yes. Yeah. I was actually thinking about it. This might actually be one of my personal favorite grounded boyfriend scenes ever. Uh, like yeah. like with all of Rebels. Lucky it's the only one you get this this episode. It's all it's all of 25 seconds long or so <laughs> but but like out of like all of it from like his rebels appearances to like his appearances in comics to like books like this is up there this is fucking up there i love him it's the sass the camp this like the sachet like the oh the the chewing of the like the scene it's so good i love him in this he's just copying palpatine He's 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 totally like a little mini wannabe Palpatine in in live action. He's just mm. like yeah, I, I love him. him. Ah. I I'm not him. saying that is a bad thing. I mean, that would happen. Holy shit, Chris! We did not talk about this at oh, all. Okay. How was that Bad Batch episode last week with Ryo Chuchi and the clones? And the, it was the two part mid season. How was I forgot. That? How- what was confusing me with that? I I was very good and back and and it's an old school Clone Wars political episode. Um, I like I forgot how much Ryo Chuchi is. She could almost like she almost like when they first introduced her. I'm like, I don't know if it's is it the same voice actress? It is as Omega. No 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 not as Omega. It's it's as, Jennifer as, Hill. So and she's always she voiced sounds Ryo. very much like Omega, and like I was like, is this a more advanced version? You know, are we getting another? Is Tucci another clone character, possibly that's been placed in here or something? You know, she's very much like Omega in the way she talks, and like the and the only thing that's really different is the blue skin and the, the her like facial features are a little more carved, like her chin is like flattened but otherwise she's very much like an older version of omega it's strange 
but it, it was, was good. They're starting. They're starting to. They're starting to boil up the story. My and... baby girl was back. Like I've loved Rio since like Trespass. She's always been one of my favorite Clone Wars characters, and like the fact that she's essentially just, like stepped into Padme's role. And oh my god, Padme would love Omega. Like, uh, it was so wonderful to have her back and her being here. And she has actually competent guards. Or like the one guard, <laughs> yeah, who who did die. That was the most competent guard I've ever seen in a Clone Wars, outside of like Captain Typho. <laughs> but yeah, um, I yeah. What's interesting to me is outside of like two scenes, like two quick little scenes, we've seen everything in the trailers. What the fuck is gonna happen in the back half of the season? And I was also Find not out. expecting. There's, there's all sorts of there's all sorts of plates spinning now. Omega's like meditating and like hanging out with her first Jedi. She was just like, mm, let me try to talk to the trees too, you know. And then Echo's gone, which I which makes mm-hmm. sense for his character. I just wasn't expecting it here. Well, that he's gone in the middle of the season is also like not a good sign that he's that that they're getting rid of the character you know what i, I mean think it's probably gonna be like do you remember in like uh rebels when like sabine left for like three episodes because she stayed on mandalore yeah it's probably gonna be like that like we'll probably get um i go back yeah. in like a couple episodes yeah he's just gonna be hanging out with rex yeah what if we get an entire episode just about rex and echo well, mm-hmm. he, 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 well, I mean, putting Echo with Rex is uh, one more step towards pulling the rest of the Bad Batch into, into Rex rather than pulling Rex back to the. I mean, I would back. love to pull myself into Rex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We know, Hope. Keep, I would love keep to your, pull Rex keep your eyes on the prize. It's a grande episode, Hope. You, hey, hey, just because you're on a diet doesn't mean you can't get, pull a Rex into you. <laughs> well, it's Valentine's Day. You can get greedy. You can. Let you me. Can, we are. Act. Rexanne Grande. The only other thing I have to look forward to is my cat. <laughs> Actually, my kitty is her birthday's in three days. She will be 18 years old. Yay, wow. Mm-hmm. So it's her Lady. birthday week, and we are definitely like pampering her this week. So but my yeah. cat's having, having like with my new work schedule. Now I'm home days that I wasn't home the whole day, so I'm here all day with her. But then the other days I'm gone the whole day, and my my housemate is is off on on tour, so she she has days of being alone in the house, and then a full day to just harass me constantly. Poor Miss Bernice is really confused. Oh, she'll get used to it. She's only got another week and she'll have the house full again and she'll 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 never never be alone. Well, until the next time. <laughs> yeah. No, she's a happy camper though, because every morning she's been having like just intense sunlight coming in the her, her little window perch. So she gets to just bask in that. Yeah. But um, to I have no idea where Bad Batch is going. I'm very excited about it. And I can't wait to cover it. Uh, I've been really enjoying this season. I think 
I think I've been enjoying the season more than season one, where I and I think a lot of that is because like I kind of get what the show is doing and where it's going and why. Whereas season one felt like which which was needed. It was the Bad Batch learning how to stand on their own two feet. Well, I mean, it's just but like, it it's, it's but it was like a lot Rebels. more. What? It reminds me of Rebels. It, yeah, Rebels. Rebels. Their first season was sort of like, okay, this is good, but it's just sort of these guys, you know, these guys having adventures. You know, they're a crew. They sort of mirror the like Star Wars characters and stuff. And then, and then once the second, it's it's a Filoni thing. Then once the second season hit, all of a sudden, you know, started shading in. And a storyline started developing, and things started moving forward. And that's what they're doing with this. It's or obvious. It seems like it. They they sure have like lots of setup. They, in this episode, they gave like, I mean, a lot of this show is about Omega just absorbing things as she goes along because she's fresh out in the galaxy, and she got to she got to absorb Palpy. We didn't even mention that. Our Paps, Paps <laughs> gross came out to just like. Deliver the master stroke just popped up out like a jack in the box. I uh, I will mostly I will mostly agree with you because I know the vast majority agrees with you. But Rebel season one is my favorite season, so <laughs> still my favorite season to this day. But I'm not I, saying that that to its uh, detriment. The, but the I'm mass, saying that's how it was described. Majority, that's sort of how it was. I, I know the mass majority of people like season one is like their least favorite because of that. That's actually why it's my favorite season. So, anyway. Oh, so contrarian. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Palpatine was so good. I can't wait to talk about it. But we gotta finish up Obi-Wan and then do uh, Andor and then Bad Batch. Ooh, we're almost Andor. Ah, uh, anyway. You ready to get into this? <clears throat> I am. I do not know why I'm, like, losing my voice over here. Do I sound okay? Yeah. Okay, good. Normal. Yeah, just my voice is like giving out a little bit. So, here we go. Obi-Wan Kenobi Part 5. Yes, I didn't change this. Part 5 aired on Disney Plus on June 15th, 2022. It was written by Joby Harold and Andrew Stanton, and it was directed by Deborah Chow. Some extra information for you. The flashback with Obi-Wan and Anakin takes place just before the events of Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Anakin still has his Padawan braid and his Episode 2 lightsaber. But the events of the film haven't happened yet, as Anakin still has his arm. Starting with the last episode and through next week, there is actually a special uncredited actor as one of the extras on Jabim. It is Christina Ariel, who is the host of the bi-monthly StarWars.com series, The High Republic Show. This is essentially a note just for me and Charles, but I love Christina Ariel. She is the biggest sweetheart. She is incredible and super nice, so I just wanted to talk about her. Um... Uh, in the High Republic show is fine, is is awesome. So, while filming, she also did a lot of behind the scenes interviews with the cast, like Ewan McGregor, Moses Ingram, and O'Shea Jackson Jr. for StarWars.com, while showing off the set costumes, makeup, and volume. Highly recommend it. It's a really great interview because you can tell when she's interviewing Ewan McGregor, she's like trying not to lose her shit. <laughs> but Christina, we love you. Anyway, and finally, the original script when when the blah, 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 
And finally, when the series' original script was still a movie, Reva was supposed to die by Vader's hand. Writer Stuart Betty said in an interview, I wanted her story to end. I wanted Reva to play her play her part in the Kenobi Vader story, which has essentially at the end. She was the one that allowed Vader, uh, that allowed Vader basically t- the one that allowed Vader. He said it on me. Uh, she was the one that allowed Vader basically told Vader to stop hunting Obi uh, stop hunting Kenobi. You know, she ended the obsession Vader had with Kenobi. She claimed it was over. It's done. So that was that was her role to play. And she had done so many terrible things. I felt she had to die. You can only redeem so much. Hope really disagrees with that. Anyway, BD explained that Reva hated Jedi because she didn't know Darth Vader was Anakin Skywalker, who left her for dead to, after turning to the dark side. All she saw was Anakin as Anakin, and he hadn't changed in the suit yet, right? So Anakin killed her friends, put the scar on her, almost killed her, left her for dead, basically. So in my, in her mind, the Jedi Council was the biggest villains of the galaxy. She believed the, lie, the lies that they were plotting a coup to overtake and get power and all that. But they were stopped by the clones. So she believed, and by the way, this is all talking about the original script. And she believed uh, that's why she's hurt, hunting Jedi, because she believed the Jedi are the worst, basically. The only little difference in mine was mine being his script was she didn't know vader was anakin so all that kind of stuff just made sense and allowed me to create a very confused conflicted and blinded character filled with hate and rage and all the stuff that makes people want to be sith and sith acolytes take her to a place of understanding uh, and take her to a place of understanding understanding truth understanding who obi-wan is who vader really is and what her path is in the galaxy the original story was also going to include Obi-Wan telling Reva the truth about Vader's origins and changing the course of fate. That re- that revelation was kind of a go. It was her kind of go. That revelation makes her kind of go, oh my god, I've been wrong this whole time. And she goes and basically saves Kenobi by sacrificing herself, telling Vader, I killed Kenobi. And then Vader killed her with her knowing that Vader would kill her. So that kind of completed her arc. So... Just a little bit different than she was. Yeah, absolutely. The Inquisitor hunting Kenobi all the way through and driven by her own personal demons. But despite Reva's Reva's looming death in the original script, BD explained that her role was vital to the Obi-Wan versus Vader showdown. We were always faced with the fact that Obi-Wan can never kill Vader. So he needed to defeat someone. So Reva was my attempt to give him someone to defeat and someone to save. Because he's not going to save Darth. The Darth Vader storyline is going to end in a downer, so I wanted to save someone, and that's why I created Reva. Okay, that's the end of the quote. First of all, <laughs> I hate this whole thing of just like, oh, this is why I'm so glad they changed it, because it's so cliche to be like, and she's redeemed and must die to sacrifice herself, because therefore she can never be good enough again. She did too many bad things to ever be good. First of all, fuck that. Second of all, there is just this, it's such a trope in Star Wars, which is why I think part six is because it's in movies. It's because movies are only two hours long, so they they have to go with something simpler, you know? It's 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 a simpler. I mean, if if you're going to redeem somebody to the point of where they're still not going to die, you got you got to take could take some time <laughs> why can't why can't someone be redeemed and just right off into the sunset and their their endings unknown because you have because once you've established them to the audience as evil then 
you have if you want to make them good you have to make it you have to you have to bring it back you know what i mean you have to have enough there to bring the audience back to where they have some sort of you know they they have some sort of you know it's it feels somewhat satisfying, I guess, is the best way to put it, maybe. I don't know. I don't know, because I, I never, I, I, I think that's dumb, because it's also, and now keep in mind, like, we're saying, we're talking about the difference between a movie and a TV show. I'm glad right. they left her al- alive in the TV show. Um, So, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, I'm, I, I think that's an interesting choice. Um, one that I actually don't like because we've seen it so many times in Star Wars of like the bad guys redeemed and now they must die. Yeah. Like yeah, I, yeah. I hate that, and that's why that's part of the reason why I feel like Act Six is such a powerful episode because it really broke that mold and did something really new for Star Wars. What with Darth Vader? No, with Reva. By oh, not... oh, oh, episode six. Oh, I thought, yeah, episode I, I'm, six. Like, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm thinking Return of the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> no, the other Vader episode six getting redeemed by dying. Yeah, no, no, sorry, sorry, the other episode six. So. <laughs> but we'll talk about that more next week. Uh, I'll tell you, looking for pictures to do the like, it's hard because if I put in Obi Wan episode two or Obi Wan episode three, it just puts up pictures from the movies. That's true. Well, you can always pull up Plex and just do a screenshot. I can always do that, yes. Makes it easier, so. You you know who I forgot to write a question for this week? A question for Yoda? Yoda's extra eager for a good question. Uh, has yeah. To be a good question for Yoda. Yes, Yoda Actually, likes questions. Yoda would be really bummed if there was no question for Yoda. Actually, you know what? I do know Yoda. Do you remember our friend Jana and her mom? Yes, I remember mom. And how much you love mom? Mom. Today is actually Maria's birthday. Oh, mom's birthday, Valentine's Day? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It is. Mmm. Do you mm. want to sing her happy birthday? Because she's like one of our like favorite all-time guests. Mmm. To you, happy birthday. To you, happy birthday. Mom, happy birthday. To you, happy birthday! Yay! Songs. Yoda has great voice, has been told. <laughs> Chris, when you when you edit this, please remind me to clip this and send it to Maria because I want to. Uh, <laughs> that was wonderful, Yoda, and I'm sure she's gonna love it. And also hide the fact that I forgot to write you a question. Anyway, it's time to get on to what? Act One. What? Bye, Yoda. It's time to go on to Act One. Bye. Act One. <laughs> Just shoving him out of here by his face. Hey, hey, man. I, I had something more important to do. I had to take a nap. <laughs> so <laughs> it was way more important you're, than trying I, to I hear that. Question. Yeah, you're, you're not going to hear any uh, argument from me. Sometimes you just got to. Get through your that that was actually like my mindset today when when I was writing this I was just like finish outline to take nap, <laughs> so anyway act one.
I'm ready. So, just a tiny little recap because it is important. Uh, last week they saved Leia from Fortress Inquisitorius, but the big important takeaway of all that is uh, her little droid Lola is evil now because that's a thing and that's important to this week. So that's the only like big recap we need. Other than that, yeah, we open on my favorite planet. It's Coruscant, everybody. And it's gorgeous, and it's beautiful, and it's lovely, but no one has time for that because it's fucking Anakin Skywalker! And who cares if he's a 40-year-old Padawan? Hayden's Christensen looks great, he's older than me, and I'm not even 40! I dream to look that good when I'm 40. He looks fantastic. And he's there, and he comes in, and Obi-Wan's there, and Obi-Wan's just like, Hi, Anakin! And he's like, Hi, Master! And they're like, Let's fight! And so it's time for, like, a sparring lesson, and everything's beautiful, and it's lovely, and it's nice, and it's the time. It's, like, five minutes before everything goes to shit. Like, five minutes. But you know what? We're gonna enjoy this five minutes, because it's great. But we don't have time for that, because it's Vader! <laughs> Vader is having these thoughts, and he's looking out into the great beyond of hyperspace, and he's breathing heavily like the the fry flipping mouth breather he is and uh the door opens and reva comes in and reva's just kind of like shuffling in there like oh god oh god oh god oh god don't kill me don't kill me <laughs> and he's just like hey where's obi-wan and she's like oh, he's dream <laughs> and he's like good good so let's talk about your credentials third sister she's like what? What do you mean my credentials? And he's like, I think it's time for you to rise up through the ranks. Um, and I'm going to promote you to grande girlfriend. And she's like, oh my god. I get to be grande girlfriend? And he's like, yes, yes. Here's your pen. Congratulations. And rise, grande girlfriend. And she's like, awesome. I'm grande girlfriend. Everybody look, look. And he's like, I don't care. Get the fuck out. I have to brood. You're, you're invading my four o'clock brooding. Goodbye. And he goes back to brooding, and she's like, oh my god. <laughs> anyway, we go back to our heroes, and they arrive on Jabim, where everyone from the path is, like, waiting for them. And, like, Roken, like, opens door, and he's just like, we have a Leia! He, like, holds her up, and everyone's like, huzzah! And, like, Ned is there, and Tala goes over and, like, hugs Ned, because he's amazing. And then Haja is there, and Obi-Wan's like, oh my god, Haja, what you doing here? And Haja's like, well, when you attack an Inquisitor, uh, that's bad. <laughs> so now I'm on the run, and I'm here, and, uh, this was the only place I knew to go, because I've been smuggling children here for years, so, yeah. What's up? And he's like, cool. And then they're like, anyway, so, <laughs> uh, so... Obi-Wan goes over to Roken, and he's like, Roken, I need to borrow your transport so I can take Leia back to Alderaan. And Roken's like, uh, that was not the deal. We need to evacuate everybody first, and then once we get everybody evacuated, I will then help you take her back. But you have to promise to help me, because that was the deal. I saved your kid, now you help me. And he's like, cool. But, oh no, the alarms are going off, because Vader showed up with Grande Girlfriend. And everyone's like, it's okay, we can escape. And they look up, and the hangar doors close. And they can't open. And nobody knows why. And that's because evil Lola, the tiny droid, has gone into the vents and has, like, unplugged shit. 
So everyone's like, we're gonna die! And... And anyway, Vader shows up, and then he's having more flashbacks. And then the flashbacks, Anakin is just like, bro, I'm gonna win against you, Obi-Wan. And Obi-Wan's like, you really shouldn't be focusing on winning, we're Jedi. And Anakin's like, fuck you, you guys took me from my mom. She thinks I'm the best. My mom loves me. And then they fight. And the whole time, Vader's like, yeah, my mom did love me. And everyone looks at Vader, and they're like, sir, should we attack? He's like, oh, yeah, fuck, yeah, attack. Go go to Jabim. And so, uh, the baddies are going out. All the people on the path are scared. And Obi-Wan is, is finally like, you know what? It's time to put on my good mullet. And he puts on his good mullet, and he's like, hello, everyone. I'm General Kenobi, and we need to make a plan. This plan is we're going to strategically defend for an hour, and then we'll get the heckin' heck out of here. Any questions? And they're like, no, General Kenobi is like, alright, move out. So the heroes move out, and the villains are coming. Dun dun dun. I don't know where else to cut it, because after, then it's like 15 minutes of them fighting. And shit. Yeah. Yeah. Just a siege. Yeah, it's it's funny upon the second viewing when Vader makes her um when Vader promotes her, he's pretty it's he's kinda mocking her. You can oh. tell he's sort of going through the motions and just like, yeah, whatever. She, I, she I won't actually, he's gonna be so happy. I actually have that as one of my notes, so I'm gonna go ahead and slide in right now. Now that I know it's a ruse, it's so obvious. Yes. It's so yes. obvious. Because Anakin Skywalker has made sure that grown day boyfriend's super special grand inquisitor plan like pin is there with his admiral lackey ready to hand over the pen do we actually think that anakin skywalker plans that far fucking ahead about anything no like it is so obvious they are setting up reba and like because it's almost again like i think it was Oh well, she she also in the back of her head she knows, but she's I think she just is hope you know she's she can't be like you know she can't say anything to Vader, so she just has to cross her fingers. But you know la- later on when she talks to Obi Wan, she's just like you know, do you think he doesn't know that he he doesn't know it's coming? <laughs> yeah, and like so much of it also is like um, it's. I think it was, like, two, like, the second or the third episode where, like, Vader was like, you've done well, third uh, third sister, keep this Mm. up, and you could move up in the ranks. Again, Vader's almost too nice, and it's Darth fucking Vader. Like, he's almost too nice here. Well, he does, he does, he does, he does do a force choke on her and stuff, but that's all just, I think, I think that's just working for, yeah, I, I know, but I mean, you know, I mean, she's got that in her memory banks. We'll just say that, you know, that had to have been, you know, he did, he did, he did like, he did like, you know, she did have a moment where like, he was just going to kill her if she didn't give the wrong information and she had the, you know, the hand around her throat, so to speak. So, 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 but yeah, he has, but that's still, that is nice for being Vader because being force choked is just, you know, that's just working for Vader. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I have to say, I was listening to my friend's podcast, Dark Side Divas, on this episode, 
And Steph said the best thing of like, and I didn't know I had a praise kink, but here I am. <laughs> so, talking about the scene. Anyway, go um, it's funnier when Dark Side Diva says it. Go listen to them. They're funny, guys. Anyway. Um, but that, uh, uh, continue with your notes. Well, all, all the music around Darth Vader is amazing in this one. Very, very good. Very good Darth Vader music. Um, and, you know, you talk about, you know, oh, I wish I could look as good as, as Hayden Christensen. But, I mean, I imagine they had a, 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 a couple passes with the computer de-aging. I'm sure they had with both, both of them. There's you know, actually take- a behind-the-scenes interview where, like, because Ewan McGregor is 51 when he was filming this, where, like, Hayden looks normal, but, like, Ewan McGregor has dots all over his face. Yeah. Because he's much older than him. Yeah, and and so, and I'm sure there's also a a really good amount of just good old-fashioned, you know, Hollywood spackle on their faces and stuff, and lighting, (laughs) special old people lighting and all that stuff. To get them to get them there, to just make it work. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because they really, they really, uh, I, I, I just love it because they capture the whole feel of the the prequels, which is something yeah. that Disney seems to like to shy away from, and this just like steps in with both feet, and I like it a lot. I mean, honestly, like. Even if they didn't de-age them, and it was just like you're here because it's the spectacle of Hayden and Ewan back to back together. So even if they didn't de-age them, I would still be like, look at him! <laughs> like, like it, it's it, I, I, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's and I mean, <laughs> they've, I mean, they, they did that. They, they, they did the a whole. Uh, you know, it's been a lot of years. Let's just not even think about that. When they did the uh, sequel to, it was just a movie that they put out, but it was like a follow up to um, Breaking Bad. And you know, one of the guy who played the baddie, who was playing himself, you know, at that, t- at, who was supposed to be playing himself, you know, when he was in Breaking Bad in flashback scenes, had put on probably about fifty pounds, <laughs> you know. <laughs> looked totally different and you know the the lead actor definitely had a decade on him and stuff but they just were just like ah let people just like do it with their minds and it worked while you were watching it but it still it was it was uh it was it was as as um distracting as if it was you know if they tried to de-age him with computers so I just I guess you just can't get around it. But the thing is, is the scene is good. It's a good scene. It's well done. It's well acted. And it, and it, and it has a really, you know, it has a good reason for being there. You know, it's not just like, oh, you know, because I really don't, you know, I really don't care. Like, I wouldn't have been upset at all if the only time we saw. You know, Hayden Christensen he didn't you know even if he didn't get to do any acting 
you know, if we just saw him as the, you know, the specter of death, Anakin floating around in his back to tank and in the Vader suit. The specter of death, Anakin. Yeah. I don't know why it's so funny. I just imagine him just like kind of like floating down a hallway, just like, Obi Wan. He looks like death <laughs> in the seventh seal and in, in the Bill and Ted movies. But, uh, you know, if it was just that, I would have been fine because it was, you know, I don't care as long as it as it adds to the story. I don't need to see, you know, just because you have those two actors together, you don't need to do it to just to make the fans happy. But this is worth doing it. You know, it makes mm-hmm. it, it makes sense in the story and it's a, and it makes a nice little narrative, you know, um, element when they when they do it. So. So yeah, it was I, I I really liked it and it's always it was it's it's and it's fun too to see Coruscant and then we've been seeing Coruscant in um Andor. I know and, I uh, love comparing the Coruscant. two of them. You know how much I love Coruscant. Yep. Oh yep. and it's not even just the Coruscant, it's the Jedi Temple. It's like Coruscant. it's like the nostalgic Coruscant, yeah. Yeah, it's it's my favorite Coruscant. Ugh. I love anyway, this. that's all I got for Act One. Um, <clears throat> I don't. I'm trying to remember what I have. I have one note that just says Obi Wan's dead ass stare. I don't know what that means. <laughs> but apparently, it was important to note. So I want at some point Obi Wan had a dead ass stare. Yeah, he's been doing a lot of dead ass stares in this. I don't. <laughs> I have it tagged under a Haja note, so I have, it has to have something to do with Haja, but I don't know. Anyway, look. <laughs> I love... I don't care that Hayden's like 40 in this. I love him. And I love these flashback scenes so much because I noticed something about the flashback scenes, but I'm going to get into that in Act 3. But it does add so much to their bonds and their path, but it also informs us how like Anakin and Obi-Wan not only know each other so well that they're like out the whole purpose of this is out predicting each other's moves but it also shows how like one succeeds and the other fails which is like really really cool because it's, it's just like a really kind of like long game of chess here yeah but I do love the line from Anakin because I swear like the moment I heard this line it actually reminded me of an episode of Clone Wars and he says Mercy doesn't defeat an enemy master, which is why you're going to lose. It reminded me of the episode with Duchess Satine and Obi-Wan, and they're trapped on a ship and someone's trying to kill them. And he's trying to protect her. She's a pacifist, so she doesn't really want to fight. The killer's in front of them, and Anakin just comes up and shanks him. Yep. And just drops him and goes, what's up, master? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, Problem and- solved. And the yeah. first thing that comes out of Obi-Wan's mouth is Anakin. And he goes, what? He was going to blow up the ship. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. But I feel like this version of Anakin versus that version of Anakin is similar but different. Where I can see how this, this Anakin here eventually becomes that Anakin. Because that Anakin is a lot more practical. Here, the whole point of this Anakin is he's trying to be Obi-Wan. Like, he's just trying to prove that he's the best. But that version of Anakin was more pragmatic of, like, if there wasn't a bomb on the ship, 
then he probably would have tried mercy, which is the point of that growth. But like, you know, there's a fucking bomb on the ship and the guy's about to blow up the ship and he's just like, nope, shank. There you go. Save the day. So it, it's interesting. I, I like I like seeing this progression of like just on the cusp of pre-Clone Wars Anakin because it's it's really like this is just like on like the kiss of like right before like pre-Clone Wars Anakin. Uh, tiny, tiny, li- tiny little side note. I love that Grand Inquisitor pen. I want that Grand Inquisitor pen. I've seen it online. I've drooled over that Grand Inquisitor pen, and it's on my list of, like, Star Wars pens I want. So I can just stick it on my little pen board. Yeah, so much. It's, it's funny with your, with the, the way you talk, it sounds like you're saying the, the Inquisitor pen. And I'm like, and I'm just thinking, like, how corporate it would it be to the Inquisitors get a pen? Here's your pen. Don't lose it. <laughs> Don't get another pen. That would actually be really funny where they like they have a pen. And if you lose it, it's like they just take turns stealing each other's pens. Yeah, they just start attaching them to little like bungee cords that, that hook onto their <laughs> uniforms so nobody could take it. They just have to pull it off their chest and sign stuff when they want to use it. No, I just imagine it like a keychain on their lightsaber. So like when their lightsaber spins, the pen's just like swinging around on the bungee cord with it. <laughs> it's like, pew, pew, pew. <laughs> um, so actually they would do it with the force. So the pen would just like pull out of their chest, like right on the piece of paper. And then, and then they would just let go with the force. So it would go smack back in and they'd try and hit each other in the face with it. That would be their... <laughs> I I still stand by. I, I can't remember. I, I'm, I'm not even joking because that's how goofy I think the Inquisitors really are. I know, I know. I can't remember I can't I can't remember if it was you or somebody else I was having this conversation with. Um, but I remember having a conversation about how funny would it be to have a parody of the Empire, but done like in the way of the office. So you have like Imperials in the office, like like you know, like working the corporate setting, and like the Inquisitors will occasionally come in and just be like, "Where is my stapler?" Yeah. <laughs> like and have like an entire show like like that, where it's just like the silly everyday adventures of the corporate, and then like across the street you have like the rep the Rebel corporate office, and like how they're essentially just like, "We ran out of ink cartridges again." Where do we get these? And they have to steal the ink cartridges from the rebel, like the empire across the street. You're, you do sound like this is new. Well, you, you don't steal them. You just, plot. yeah, you have somebody uh, write up, write up some fake invoices to, to, to re- resource it over there. Yeah, my so. cat is attacking me. We're having a live attack on the air. She, dun, 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 dun. I was talking when she. Did the initial wow when she jumped up and clawed my hand. Now she's like sort of thinking about like sitting in my lap and being nice, or no, she wants me to go play with her. No, it's not happening right now, buddy. Sorry, Miss Bernice. I'm barring him. Now she's purring. (laughs) Oh, poor Miss Bernice. It's hard to be a lady and she's confused. She is confused. Um, my next one is, at, at first I thought it was a little strange to have that scene where the heroes arrive back at Japim and everyone's just like standing around waiting until Roken comes out and is just like, we got her. And then they're yeah, like, it's like, it's like the, the It's like the show just sort of like went on, they just hit pause on Jabim. 
and then they came back. But then, but then I thought about it, and it's actually really sweet and amazing because not only is this an entire community of people whose entire thing is to save children, this this is also, of course, they don't know that Leia's force sensitive, but like their whole point of this is like to save force sensitive children. They're also waiting to see like if their friends come back as well. And this this entire community, they don't even know Leia, but they're celebrating the life of one child saved. Yeah. And I think that's incredibly sweet. And they they also did that sometimes with Rebels. Like um Twilight Twilight of the Apprentice did that, where I think like it was like Zeb, Sabine, and Rex run outside when they're getting back, and Hera as well. And they all run outside and they're getting back because that's how Rex finds out that Ahsoka is quote unquote dead. Because uh, like, but they're there to like greet Kane and Ezra and, and Chopper, so like they th- there is precedence for this. But I, I did think that was really sweet because this community doesn't even know Leia, but they celebrate that her life has been saved because it's one more child. Um, yes. And and it kind of the same. Well, thing, I like, mean, that's what the that's what they're there for. I mean, if you had like, I mean, yeah, and I mean, yeah, any 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 organization, you know that that has a a thing that that you know they they're not like usually gatekeeper about it a kid's a kid you know mm-hmm. and probably and every kid is a victory so you know mm-hmm. and honestly like between that and um tala talking to obi-wan in the next arc about like in the next act about like notches on her belt for every child she saved kind of reminded me a little bit of schindler's list yeah oh yeah it like it, it very much has that like you know of course one is real world and one is space world but like you know like sa- like saving these people who the empire is trying to kill off in a genocide being force sensitive people and like just trying to save as many people I, I actually do wonder if that was a bit of an inspiration for it a little bit like you can't save all of them oh, but like sure. saving yeah, well, like throw... yeah yeah what were yeah, you saying? Yeah. The World War Two and the Nazis were a big, uh, <laughs> you know, inspiration for Star Wars in general. So yeah, but you know, the 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 Schindler's List aspect of space Nazis is, you know, just not as much of a topic that you would have time to broach in the movies. You know, it hasn't been until they've had the TV show that they've started. You know covering some of that aspect of it you know you know they, they the, the 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 empire is different than the nazis where they aren't like sort of like a they're they're sort of racist against anything that's not human but they're more of a corporate thing where they're just going to like take take out everybody by just working them to death and and destroy you know you know just bleeding their planet dry of resources you know so it's it's more of like a corporate sort of um genocide that they do except for the jedi kids yeah yeah when i when i was talking about like genocide i'm talking about like jedi enforcements to people like that is the group that they're they like they try to wipe out um so yeah um i love having hasha back I love Haja. He's he's probably like my Loki like favorite like character. I I think he's a delight. 
And I, and I, I love that he still has this like balance. Like he understands the consequences of his actions, but he's still gonna go be a sw- swindler. That's what it was. That was a dead ass stare. That's what it was. Uh, because he's just like, yes, that scary inquisitor lady came after me. I'm gonna have such good business here. And he, like yes. walks off, and like Obi Wan just like looks at the camera. <laughs> that was the dead ass stare. <laughs> um. And and there's one little detail, like, right here at the end before, like, the baddies start coming is Obi-Wan walks over and he's, like, looking at that wall. And then he looks to his left and there's, like, a box of lightsabers and robes and stuff like that that's there. And I love this little detail about the path because the Empire is desperately wanting to erase anything Jedi from ex- existence. So the path is not only saving people they're also trying to save any Jedi history, whether it be lightsabers or cloaks, or I'm sure they probably have holocrons somewhere. Yeah, like, whatever they can get. Yeah. And I just, I really love that detail about the path that it's, it's people and lightsabers and whatever they can save of Jedi. Yeah. I mean, it, that's hope for them. For, for, for poor Obi-Wan, it was just like, oh, look, I know who this is. Oh, this is so-and-so's <laughs> lightsaber, you know? Oh, I know this robe. Oh, he's dead, you know? Yeah, but it's I, it's still like both. And I, I think it should be like that, where it's like sad for Obi-Wan, but it's also hope for yeah. that his, his essentially his culture is not being completely erased. Um, so I, I, I so desperately want a path show. Like... The, about like Roken and Hasha, and I will get to how mad I am about Tala dying. But <laughs> they could even do flashbacks with Tala alive. But I stop killing characters that are really interesting. Um, but I, I would love a path show. That's I don't know like if we'll books. ever get a path show, but we'll we'll definitely get the path showing up. You know, like running through shows. I mean, we'll probably see it in Andor. You yeah. know, I mean, they're, they're establishing, establishing it as a fundamental early part of the rebellion. And so. And that it has know. connections to like really big Jedi, like Quinlan Voss and Obi-Wan now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I I desperately, if I feel so, you know, I'd be okay with like a six episode miniseries like this or Boba Fett. Like, you know, just uh, about like Roken and Haja and like. Maybe even like in the past about like, you know, has Tala in the past. I, I don't know. I, I'd be down for that. So um, but that's all I have for Act 1. Did you have anything else? I <clears throat> do not. All right. Act 2. Act 2. Let's do it. So the baddies are coming. The good guys are getting ready and everybody moves on out. And the heroes are safeguarding their little hideout as the baddies arrive. And Reva like marches out and she's like, here we go, we're gonna fight stuff. And a standoff begins as they try to blast through the blast doors. And the, the heroes are on the other side. And they're like, fuck, we can't get the hangar doors open. Why is the hangar doors not open? And nobody can figure it out. And Hasha's like, why don't we have the Jedi go into the vents? Aren't, isn't that like a Jedi thing? And everyone's like, those vents are very tiny. And Leia is just like, all right, I got this. The 10 year old's gonna take care of this, sweetie. And everyone's like, you're 10. And she's like, fuck you. Give me a ladder. Let me channel my inner Carrie Fisher. And she flicks everybody off. And everyone's like, you heard her. That's my girl. 
I'm gonna get my grandbaby up there. So they get her a little ladder, and Leia crawls up into the vents to try and figure out why the hangar doors aren't opening. And Ben is like, look, Haja, I'm gonna need you to babysit. And Haja's like, I'm gonna need you to pay me. And Obi-Wan goes, okay, I'll pay you with your life. Because I'm about to go fight, you know, Inquisitors to, to save you. And Ahaja's like, that's cool, man. And he gives, and he puts Leia in Haja's care, and Ben runs off as Leia's in the vent. Actually, no, we're not there yet. Hope did not read ahead on her notes. It's fine. Before any of that happens. <laughs> Obi-Wan gets a call from Bail Organa. And Bail Organa is just like, hey, boo. Um, we haven't heard from you in a while, so we're just gonna assume that, uh, shit's not going well. So, uh, I'm gonna go to Tatooine, just in case, to give, uh, Owen a heads up about Luke. And, yeah, surely that's not unsafe to give out all this information, in case it fell into the wrong hands. So, yeah, Belargana out! And Tala comes over, and she's just like, is everything okay? And Obi-Wan's like, yes. And she's like, cool, because I have to give you my backstory. You see, I was on Garel, and I helped the Inquisitors kill, like, a bunch of Force-sensitive kids. And that was really bad. And then I decided that I didn't want to do that anymore. So I bounced from the Empire. And, and Obi-Wan's like, Tala, I mean this with my whole, whole heart. You're the coolest person here. And she's like, thank you. I know. Also, look at my belt and my gun holster. There's a notch for every single kid that, that helps get through. And eventually, this is going to go to Leia. And he's like, awesome. I love you. You're the best. But Roken runs over and he's just like, hey, Hope caught up on her notes and she now knows where she is. Now the bad guys are attacking and Obi-Wan and Tala are like, oh, fuck. So they run over and Obi-Wan's like, you know what I'll do? I'm going to negotiate. And they're like, okay, do your thing, Obi-Wan. So Obi-Wan walks over to the door and he puts his ear to it. And he's just like, Reva, you want to talk? And she's like, yeah, sure, I guess. So she's like, she walks over and she puts her ear to the door. And she's like, sup? And he's like, hey, are you doing all right over there? And she's like, no, I'm, I'm coming to kill you. You want to surrender? He's like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, I do have a question for you. Um... How do you know that Anakin is Vader? And she's like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk to you about that. He's like, oh, gasp. I just did math in my head, Reva. You had to be a child when he became Vader. That means you were there during Order 66. And you're one of those younglings from Episode 1, aren't you? And she's like, shut up. I saw him there, and he walked in, and he looked 40 years old, but he looked great for his age. And he came in, and he killed all my friends. And he's like, oh my god, Reva, you're not hunting me or serving him. You're hunting Vader. And she's like, bitch, I am hunting you, because you know why? You helped make him who he is. Where were you when my friends were dying? And he's like, I'm sorry. I was on Mustafar <laughs> watching Anakin burn alive. And she's like, I don't care. And then she tries to cut through the door. And the door snaps open. And everyone's like, oh, 
we can see the bad guys. And the bad guys are like, oh, we can see the good guys. Uh, uh, and they all just start shooting and pew pew pews everywhere. And there's a lot more pew pew pews. And they're all like, fall back. And, and the heroes start falling back into the tunnel. And during this fight, Tala goes into fucking beast mode with Ned. And Ned is like grabbing stormtroopers and like banging them up and down and throwing them down the hallways. And like she's just killing people left and right. And then the worst thing happens, everybody, Tala gets shot. Tala gets shot. Tala is shot. And then Ned goes down with her. And Ned, our sweet baby robot, kneels down to block her, and he goes offline. And Obi-Wan looks over, and he's like, Tala, you can't! You're the most interesting character in this show! And she looks back at him and pulls out an explosive, and she's like, I know, Obi-Wan, that's the trouble of being overdeveloped in a six-episode miniseries. It was probably always going to be me, because... It can't be you. May the force be with you and your your fucking plot armor. And she hits the button and she seals the door with Ben on the other side and she blows up the tunnel, taking out a bunch of people with her. And then everyone is really, really big sad of the heroes. The heroes are like, where's Tala? And, and Obi-Wan's like, I'm sorry. We've lost her. The most fascinating character in the show. And they're all big sad and Leia is still in the vents. What'd you think of Act Two? Um, we're seeing Obi Obi Wan. We're seeing Obi Wan starting to go on the offense. Obi Wan is he? We are, we are. I like, I like his gen- like his general mode of just like, hey everybody, this is the plan. Because he's, he's uh, getting back in gear. Yeah, no, he's he absolutely he's, is. He's not reactive. He's proactive. He's he's feeling out Riva. And get you know getting the goods, and he's plotting. I think he can even pick up a little bit on Vader's memories a little bit, and and sort of his he's 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 fighting back and trying to get a little ahead instead of instead of just just blindly reacting like he was at first. And that's that's neat to see. It's which he should be. It's episode five. Um. This this episode really like embellishes more on the dead Padawans, uh, mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And and I and my only other note is you already covered it in your your uh, story was why did you stop him? It's just like I was on another planet. Jeez, right? I tried. <laughs> Actually, I think at that time he was at Padme's, wasn't he? <laughs> Because Obi Wan well, was in the temple ki- when he was when he was killing the Padawans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, yeah, he was. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Because I think it was with Padme. Because he definitely arrives with you. Know, it's been it's been so long since I've seen episode three. You guys, please correct me. Um, I think the last time I saw episode three was when we did our commentary, and that was what like four years no, ago. You know, Obi Wan was on that one planet riding his dinosaur when Order sixty six hit. But then he also comes. He comes back with Yoda because they send out the message to all the Jedi, and there's also a time where he's right. with Padme too, because I think they right, see the right. temple on fire from afar. I don't know. Oh, it's been, you know, it's been like four years since I've seen episode three, so I don't fucking remember. Um, but yeah. 
Did you have any other notes? That's all I've got. Um, I was making sure if I have any like shallow ass notes, but I don't. Uh, this act is the only time I think I really felt the volume. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not a production person. That is like your job. And even I look at all those troops arriving. Uh, that and, whole scene outside of the was totally like just felt like a soundstage, you know? Well, the, the thing is, is you have the scene of all of the troopers come off the ships. And it's clear they have like a ship prop inside the volume. But then right. the next scene of all them, and it feels like the, the ships lit them off like right in front of the door. The next scene, the ships are projected on the volume like a hundred feet back, like not even close. And there's only like 40 people there because that's all the people they can fit. And yes. uh, it, it feels so small. And like, if I can notice it, that's saying something because I don't even look for that shit. But I just, it just feels like it. So that's probably my biggest criticism of this episode. <laughs> the rest of it's great. Um, I like the little bit of turning on its head because we always made jokes that the Jedi go into vents. Like we've been joking about that since like Clone Wars and Rebels and all through that. And I like here, like the Jedi are actually too big to go into the vents, so they have to send Leia. <laughs> I think that's very cute. I love that, actually. <laughs> um, well, that's why Ezra went in the vents. And that's yeah. why that's, that's why little Anakin has to go in the vents in Lego Star Wars, the mm -hmm. game. But um, I also just like that, like that whole scene from, from like a, a story standpoint. Because like, Obi-Wan immediately backs her up. When she's just like, get me a ladder. And Roken's like, I'm sorry, what? And, and Obi-Wan looks at him and goes, get her a ladder. <laughs> like, there's no debate. And I like you that. You the princess. Yeah. And I like that he's made that turn because, like, episode one or episode two, Obi-Wan would not have gotten her a ladder. He'd be like, no, princess, it's too dangerous and blah, blah, blah. So, on one hand, it does show Obi-Wan's uh, progression, but from also a story point of view, it would be so easy to sideline Leia in this episode. Just stick her with the women and children on the ship. And they could have just sidelined her for this entire episode. And a lesser show would have done that. But here, they found a way to make Leia active. Where it's not just her getting her droid and like stopping her droid. It's also her, even if Lola wasn't evil, she still would probably be up in those vents. And so it's a good storytelling method to keep Leia active. And not just, like, stick her with the women and children on the ship to keep her safe. Which, you know, a weaker show would have done. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> I think I figured out why I'm losing my voice. is the allergies. <sighs> All right. Anyway. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Um, my next note is I really like Obi-Wan putting Leia in Hodge's care for two big reasons. One is just it shows Obi-Wan's development because two episodes ago, he did not trust Haja. He was all like, woe is me. Haja backstabbed us. We're in the middle of the desert and no one's coming for us. Blah, blah, blah. Like, so this is a big moment of him just going, oh my god, like, I trust you now. Please take care of this child for me. 
But I also like it, the other point I like about it is it makes Haja step up as a character. Because when he has someone else's life in his hands, he can't be, like, running away on his own. Like, Obi-Wan takes his hands and is just like, do you want to, you've been pretending to be a Jedi? Now I need you to act like one. Take care of my child. Okay, bye. And he's just like, oh, baby. <laughs> no. So I, I did like that that choice. This was something I missed the first time I watched it. And I think it's really interesting. I love that Bail Organa in his message is ready and willing to step up for Luke. Because he's like, I'm going to go to Tatooine and check on Owen. And I love that about him because... And it makes me like I like I know like we've seen next week's episode, so I know Bail Organic does not show up on Tatooine with them. But I love that idea of like Bail Organa, Breha, and Owen all three together defending Luke. Like, but it, it's just a cool little bit of Bail's character that like yes, Leia is important, but he also understands that Luke's important too, and he's ready to throw down for both of these children because he is Papa Bear, and he will you know destroy you. Yeah, I still think it's him being be, be reacting poorly because he's too emotionally involved because it would oh, yeah, be better for him to stay the hell away from, just stay the hell away from tattooing. <laughs> it would be better sick. if Obi-Wan's not going to be bit there, it'd be better off not to attach his name to tattooing in any way at all, you know. I will say it is it is slightly plot plotty yes. because I feel like a smart, I do agree with that. A smarter Bail Organa would not be like, let me go help Owen on Tatooine. Like, if, if a smarter a, a smarter one would have been like, I'm going to go check on the boy. Right, right. He does, right, exactly. He doesn't need, he, Obi-Wan knows anything. Obi-Wan's smart enough to pick up any kind of shorthand, you know, the, mm-hmm. the asset, you know. <laughs> yeah. Anything. And so, like, that did feel like they had to shoehorn some plot in to set up next episode. So, I do agree with you on that. Um, so, something I noticed in, when Tala is giving her backstory is she says that she was stationed on Gorel. And on Gorel is where they rounded up the four sensitive children and killed them. I realized and I remembered that Gorel is the next door neighbor planet to Lothal, where Ezra was and it's just uh, like wow they were that close to Ezra because we, we actually I think it's episode two it's I think it's the second episode of Rebels where C-3PO and R2 show up they get on like an, a 30 minute shuttle to fly to Gorel. it's that close to Lothal it is that short of a distance that they could have gotten Ezra and that's just kind of an extra layer of chilling that they were that close to that protagonist. So, <sighs> can we stop killing really interesting characters? <laughs> because Tala is amazing, and she's so she couldn't. Uh, her and Roken and Haja could carry a show, and so much it's of it better is to write it. If a character's gonna get killed, it's better to write them good than just make them a generic. I and it's the rebellion you know good people are you 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 gotta you feel the loss that way you know i know i know and she was the most developed of the three 
But, like, I would have been okay if, like, Ned died and we got Tala. I just... It's 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 just a but sometimes when a good character is killed, it also feels like a waste, and it's like so often it feels like a waste where you have but but you're right it is that's what war is though I know I I know but you're you're actually but I'm talking about story I'm not talking about literal wars I'm talking about stories but you are right about that too because think of Hosnian Prime. When it gets blown up, the first time we watch The Force Awakens, when it gets blown up, we don't really know anything there. We don't know anybody there. But then we see it from Kaz's eyes in Resistance. And we know Kaz. And we watch him, his horror of watching his world get destroyed. So so you are right. Because if Tala was just like some Joe Schmo, um, like I like Roken, but if Roken would have died instead of Tala... We haven't had a much as much time with Roken, so it wouldn't be as emotional. So you are right. And it is like this double-edged sword of like, yes, these really interesting characters get lost. But also, I think where, where it gets me a little bit with Tala is we don't have a lot of women of color in Star Wars. And a lot of times when we do have women of color in Star Wars, they die like Vel and Solo. So it's just, like, also one of those things of just, like, come on. But then, like, all the side characters are people of color, which we also don't have a lot in Star Wars. So none of them were a good choice to die. I don't know. It's, it's a little frustrating here. Like, I don't know. I have a lot of mixed feelings, but, um, yeah. But I, I just, I miss Tala. She's, she's probably the most interesting character in the show outside of, like, Obi-Wan and Anakin and, and Reva. So like she's like the fourth most interesting character to me. So it's just a little frustrating. So um I did finally put my finger on what slightly bothered me about this show when it comes to Reva's story. And I think it's a little bit the same gripe I had with the book of Boba Fett. I really like all the pieces of Reva's story. I just think it's missing that just that like that little bit of extra time to make it sing. Now you're going. Now you're going into my Act Three note, so I might hop on it when you're done. I might hop on my Act Three note when you're done. That's that's all I'm touching here because now I'm going to go to the good stuff. <laughs> okay, so I, I I think like I've had this sort of thing, and that and your your the beginning when I heard how he had Reva in the movie. Um, the thing the and if she died in the movie it would have worked out okay i think in this 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 episode really um gelled my problem with reva and it's it's pretty much the same as yours it's like okay in this episode you know there's okay we've got one one episode left for her to get to her redemption we've got all the elements to do it we've got all the 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 story elements to get everybody where they're going but it just has to be sort of hurried through you know i i think like you know if i was the writers i would have been like let's let that let's let that hang because it sounds like they're planning a season two if you were to possibly do a season two of this i think it would be better to hang that over hang reva um over Obi-Wan's head, you know, on tattooing. And then you have season two be 
Reva's redemption, you know, and and it would give it would it would actually make a reason for there to be a Obi Wan season two because I can't see any right now. You know what I mean? I I don't think there should be an Obi Wan season two. No, I don't. I I don't see any reason for it. They could have, but they could have set it up by just like leaving Reva for dead. But she's you know have the scene where she has you know the communicator and obi-wan is just like whoa something's wrong leave that for season two you know but Mm -hmm. and then that way you could do her character a little more justice you know and and give her story the time to to be evolved correctly but yeah okay that's that's all i got yeah i mean that's that's kind of like my thing is i like all the ingredients just like boba fett like i like all the ingredients and the pieces there it just needed like one extra episode to like gel and to come together for her which is actually why i'm really excited about like having which is why i'm really excited that reva doesn't die actually because then we have this entire future to explore with her who knows where she's going to be showing up and i love that um so but here like just looking at obi-wan as a series as a whole she doesn't have enough time to for for all these bits to like really gel and i wish they took like moses which one of the actually my next note is i adore moses's acting as she's remembering order 66 and she quickly loses her cool and composure when obi-wan brings up order 66 because she's having a trauma response and she's getting triggered right there like i wish they put some of this nuance in the first half of the season just to help layer it up a little bit more um because she really starts having this change about the time she finds the path when she's like in that back tunnel she finds the path and that's like when that that little switch really comes on um and it's just like it's a time thing like i love all the stuff they do with reba in the back half um yeah uh, it's also setting up for me more she's doing this why did i write this oh talking about uh the, the trauma response um, so part of that, like, you know, moving away from the criticism, um, I do love this scene, though. I love this conversation with Obi-Wan. And he's, this is going to sound mean, he's kind of manipulating her, but like not in a bad way. Um, but it, it's more that like he's like realizing it and he's just like, oh, my God, this is our key. This is the way out. <laughs> we can team up. And and I like this idea. Like it also like, sh- it, like not only like reveals why she's doing this and she's not really an inquisitor she's here for revenge and not for actually like inquisitor reasons and yeah. it but it also i also like it that it shores up that of, of why she's going after obi-wan because she doesn't just blame anakin she blames obi-wan for letting anakin become this because that was his padawan he did have a hand on this how many times in clone wars did we say obi-wan fucking talk to Anakin like there's an entire scene of him in Anakin's bedroom going Anakin don't have feelings of romance okay bye and he like walks away and like season seven he he all but tells Anakin I know about you and Padme but he doesn't say it and like there's so many times where Obi-Wan should have stepped in with Anakin and we noted them every single time it came up in clone wars 
all like what whatever 150 yeah. episodes we did of that series or something blame jedi tra- blame the jedi not obi-wan he was a victim of his training and his yeah and his uh, upbringing and his and the the, the way things were around it, the the that formalized jedi training yeah but I, i'm more saying this from like i okay first of all yes i agree because obi-wan is just as much of a victim of of that um, what I'm saying, this is from like Reva's point of view. So like from Reva's point oh, yeah. of view, like he had just as much of a hand in all that. And well, she's, so, I mean, she's, she's viewing it through the lens of a little kid. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. I, oh, that, the line that does get me in that was when she goes, when she says, we thought he had come to help us. So like they didn't run from him. Because all they saw was a Jedi coming towards, because all they saw yep. was a lightsaber coming towards him. And that, that line breaks my heart. A lot. Um, I actually think that's a that's a really powerful kind of twinge moment. So, um, anywho, that's all I have for Act Two. Did you have anything else? I do not. I'm ready for Act Three. All right, hold on, let me get a drink. Mm. I found a new seltzer, a new seltzer water, and I love it. I actually let me rephrase this. I love this. Love it for about the first hour. Because it's a lemon-lime seltzer water, so it kind of tastes like Sprite. But like Sprite, if you let the carbonation get out of it, it just tastes like a flat Sprite. So you kind of have to drink it fast. Yeah. Or else it tastes like a flat Sprite. But I I do like it because it has, like, all the tastiness of Sprite without all the sugar. So anyway, that is your PSA of what the fuck is Hope drinking tonight. Not liquor, as much as you would think I was. It's just seltzer water. <laughs> I'm drinking plain tap water today. That is in my backup cup. So my oh. my backup cup. So when I run out of seltzer, I go to the backup water. It's always good to have two cups, you know, in case you run out of a drink and we don't have to stop and blah, blah, blah. So act three. Act three. So during all Going this, in hydrated. Hydrate or dehydrate, bitches. Anyway. Anyway, for Vader. <laughs> so, uh, all of this is happening uh, as Vader, uh, not Vader, as Obi-Wan and Reva are chatting. And Vader is like, someone called Grande Girlfriend. I want to get Obi-Wan myself. And they're like, okay. So, uh, Obi-Wan, after, you know, everything went like pew, 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 and like the, the heroes had to retreat and stuff like that. Um, Obi-Wan, like, looks at, like, Roken and, and Haja, and he's just like, Look, Vader is expecting me, is expect, thinks he's, like, beaten us. So I'm going to give myself up to them. And they're both like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you know, here, Haja, here's my lightsaber and my communicator and my watch and my belt and my blaster and my, uh, my shoelaces and, you know, and everything. And he's like, I don't know if I need all this. Why are you giving me this? And Obi-Wan's like, it's okay. I'm going to go turn myself into Reva. You guys start loading up the ship, I guess. And they're like, no, we have to wait till you get back before we load the ship, because then it's more tension. And he's like, I don't understand that, but okay. So Obi-Wan moves out and uh, trusts Haja with Leia. And he goes to meet Leia, or not Leia, he goes to meet Reva. And he comes out and he's just like, hey, Reva, I'm turning myself in. She's like, okay, why? And Ben leans in and he's like, so remember the conversation we had in Act 2? And she's like, yeah, we literally had it like five minutes ago. He's like, I'm I'm going to bring Vader to you 
and you can like stab him. And she's like, I don't, I don't think that would work. Why do you think that would work? <laughs> and they, like everyone's like, oh my god, he's like so obsessed with me. He's just like, Obi Wan, I'm gonna kill you. And I'm like, why are you so obsessed with me? And he's gonna be just like paying attention to me, guys. And then you can come up and like stab him. And she's like, yeah, I don't understand this Valley Girl thing, but sure, whatever. And he's like, really? That was easy. And, he, and she's like, whatever. Like, you know, you're protecting children back there. And I want to get back to him for, you know, letting my friends die at her hands. So, yeah, let's do it. And so we get some more flashbacks and... Anakin in the flashback is just like, haha, Obi-Wan, I have beaten you. I looks like I won. And this flashback is happening when Vader happens to move in. And as Vader is arriving, they uh, stuck Obi-Wan back inside with like two guards. And he, you know, is a Jedi and he escapes the guards and knocks him out and runs away. <laughs> During all this, as like Vader's coming and Obi-Wan's running from guards and blah, blah, blah. Leia finally finds evil Lola. And evil, evil Lola's like, I'm gonna get you. Ugh, ugh. And she's like, oh my god, let me fix this two-second problem. And she takes off the restraining bolt, and Leia, and Lola's just like, thanks, I feel better now. Plug this in here. And she's like, cool, thanks, Lola. And so they uh, plug it in, and they get the hangar door open, and now everyone starts evacuating onto the ship. And Obi-Wan runs back in there, and he gets Leia, and he hugs her, and he hands her to Haja, and they're all just like, Vader's fucking coming! Get the hell on the ship! And all, as all this is happening, it's very important to note that as they're running away, Haja accidentally drops the communicator to Bail Organa. For plot reasons. We must note this. Anyway, everyone runs onto the ship. And it's starting to take off. And Vader, like, comes strutting in there, cause he's Black Metal Daddy, and he's strutting in there to fucking murder some people. And he sees the strip, and he throws up his hands, like, Stop in the name of love, but not love, hate, I'm Darth Vader. And he, like, brings the ship down to the ground, and in his Vader rage, he starts ripping the ship apart. And he doesn't even realize that the other ship flies away because it's the wrong transport. And Obi-Wan's just like in the back window flicking him off like, Fuck you, asshole! <laughs> and he's just like, Obi-Wan! And this is where we get the last flashback. Because, uh, I dropped my stuff. Um, uh, we get the last flashback because in this last flashback, like right now, Obi-Wan bests Anakin, and both Anakin of the past and Vader of the present are both very pissed off about that. And unlike Anakin of the past, where Obi-Wan is like, your want, your want to win is holding you back as a Jedi, Obi Anakin, uh, Vader of the... I, I'm getting all these names messed up in my brain! It, Vader's pissed, that's all that matters. Anyway, Reva comes out and tries to stab him because I just lost that entire fucking sentence. Reva jumps out and she's just like, Ha, huh, I'm gonna attack you! But he's like, oh, no. Don't you know the, the Inquisitors are chumps? And she's like, I I'm sorry, what now? And he owns her. Like, he just, like, kicks her ass. Handedly. Like, it's not even a contest. And... 
Reva is essentially reduced to that little kid all over again, and he stabs her. And then Grande Boyfriend comes out, and Grande Boyfriend is just like, Hello everyone, what did I miss? Oh look, it's a ruse. Hello again, Vader. I see that you stabbed her. Hello, Reva. You really thought you could beat us? No, give me back my pen. Do you see this? We are going to go and get Obi-Wan and leave you to die because I'm Grande Boyfriend and there can only be one Grande... What, what does the young kid say now? Grande C in this world. <laughs> and he like walks off and Vader's like, okay, bye. I mean, we really should just like actually kill you. But you know, you're in episode six, so. Anyway, and Vader just follows out Grande. And they leave Reva behind for plot. Anyway, she finds the comm that Haja dropped, and she picks it up, and in, in the comm, Owen's like, Obi-Wan, don't go find Owen, who Reva knows about, because she met Owen in episode two to go find Luke. And Reva's like, I guess I'm going to Tatooine, for reasons. Anyway, Obi-Wan feels a disturbance in the force as the, all this is happening. And Obi-Wan suddenly has to realize that he kind of needs to choose between helping Luke or Leia. The end. You know, sometimes I... Sometimes I do these, like, these like recaps and I'm just like... I don't know where my brain's going on these. And it's just... Got, it, it, you know, like... It feels like an actual derailment of a train where I'm just like, yeah, we're going along great. And then it just goes, blah. <laughs> hit the wall, hope you hit the wall. And I just like skidded off and like went down an embankment for a minute. 9.36 p.m. Hope Mullinex hits the wall. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happened. But there's a, I think trying to say past Anakin, current Vader obi-wan of past and present like like that like little like quadruple there of like that that's i don't know man that got me anyway what do you think of f3 i thought it was really good um the only thing i, I think um reba's attack of vader like initially how she attacked him was pretty lame like not well thought out but then again i also think inquisitors are rubes They've been purposely probably trained poorly, you know, given a few tricks and are were made to be temporary, you know, tools. We do so know that from she does not think she does not think out her she does. She's, you know, she's she's sort of a playing a long game with Vader, but it's a really crappy long game because he's already onto her. You know, he's just he's using her long game as part of his short game so you know she's just not very good you know she you know they they got they basically they got her young and and just and traumatized and just made a monster you know so so her but her attack on him is just you know just like i mean you hear a lightsaber turn on behind him you know she should have you know there's, there's better ways of she she, she should have been just coming up there and started talking to him and then in the middle of an interesting sentence turned on her lightsaber when it That's was how like she got grande right right so yeah. you know i mean there's there it's it's almost like she she it's almost like she was just like you know let him kill me you know we we do but, know from um like to, to like what you're saying like they're not very good 
We do know this because uh, when we were going through Rebels, there was a Rebels recon where I mentioned this, which is the reason why their lightsabers spin is because they're not as skilled as someone like Darth Maul. And they're right. purposely made that way because yeah, you they're... don't want them to be able to kill your two Sith To kill you, to kill Var- Darth Vader, yeah. They're, so they're they are, they are purposely trained that way. Yeah. So. They're, 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 way, they're just another way of getting rid of you know, basically, they're like you know, when the when the Germans found out what their Jewish prisoners were good at, and then put them to work at it. You know what I mean? They sort of, ins- you know, they're they're killing off the Jedi, and then they're getting the Force sensitive people, and either killing them off, or if they're angry enough, you know, turn them into an Inquisitor until they die in the line of duty, <laughs> or die trying to like pull some funny stunt like Re- Reva. Yeah. But uh, I mean, the 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 like all the all the force stuff in this is great. Him pulling down the ship is great. Yeah, and like just it, ripping it to pieces. It has I, a really good uh, feeling of the energy and that like the amount of energy he's using to pull it down. And then his fight with Riva is beautifully done. It's That's so a really good fight. Good. I and I was yep. thinking like. Up to this point, because, yeah, not counting next week, because, like, watching up to this point when we first watched this for the first time, I think this is the most we've ever seen Vader in live action fight. And, no, I'm saying live action because, of course, we saw him, like, Rebels and stuff like that. But I think this is the most fighting we had seen Vader do in live action. Correct me. Because he, oh, yeah. really, he doesn't really fight in Rogue One. He kind of steamrolls. It's not a fight. It's a steamroller going through people. Yeah. And it's so cool, and it's done in a way to, A, to make him fucking scary as hell, but it's, I actually, I'm, I'm on one of my notes, so I might as well slide in here. Um, I, it just, it, it's, it shows how powerful he is. He doesn't even really use a lightsaber until he takes hers. He doesn't, he never yeah. draws his lightsaber. He doesn't even, he's not even going to give her the respect of drawing his own lightsaber. He's yeah. just going to break, break hers in half and then chuck it dismissively at her it's the scene in it's in the scene in shane where the gunfighter comes into town and like you know beats the crap out of this guy and then throws a gun out of his uh, at the guy's feet and he's like do it shoot me shoot me shoot me and when the guy shoot grabs a gun he just like blasts him and then looks at everybody and goes you saw he had a gun <laughs> So he had a gun. He was going to shoot me. <laughs> yeah. But it, I, I. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, it's just that sort of thing. Yeah. And I just want to know, like, it's. I'm talking about, like, actual, like, Darth Vader, not Anakin. And I know he's, like, Anakin, or I know he's Vader in, like, episode three, but I'm, like, talking, like, Vader suit Vader. And what I also love about that scene is it's, it's also Vader. He does learn some of the lesson of the flashback. Because Obi-Wan had said, like, you don't, you know, he he disarms Obi-Wan in the flashback, and Obi-Wan's like, I don't need a weapon to fight. And he shows that how to get around that and takes Anakin's lightsaber from him. That's exactly what Vader does here. Like, he doesn't use his own weapon at any point to fight. His weapon is the Force. And he uses the Force just like Obi-Wan did in the flashback. And then he eventually takes the lightsaber from, from Reva. So it's kind of like this, like, twisted lesson. That he took from the flashbacks that he's like now turning and abusing. He and... took it completely wrong. That's that's my other note is Vader's sitting there, you know, 
pouring over his memory and like the key to everything is in that fight you, you know that that like the the key to his weakness and everything and he just gets the totally the and and just like Anakin you know he just gets totally the wrong um lesson from it <laughs> you know and that's why Obi-Wan is able to 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 trick him you know he knew that if he saw that ship he wouldn't be able to like think it through and be like oh maybe is it he was he would immediately like react and this. blow all his energy out you know in his rage you know and he pulls it down and tear you know he must be you know he used a, a good deal of energy right there <laughs> doing mm. that and you know and then just like oh there you go good thing you yeah. went back over that lesson dum-dum and that's actually um, kind of my, I never realized this until this viewing. It's Anakin having the flashbacks, not Obi-Wan. Yeah. And no, I this never is, caught this that. Like the, 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 you know, I mean, like this, uh, the, another thing I like about this, uh, I didn't, you know, and when I heard it was going to be this and w wasn't into it and I didn't expect this, is it, it does, it shows even 10 years in, Obi-Wan and Anakin are still back at the point of their trauma, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so like Anakin, uh, or Darth Vader is still, you know, whatever, Anakin is dead, whatever, man. He's, you know, I mean, he's obviously not, you know, dead. I mean, this is, this is Obi-Wan letting go of, you know, Anakin and Anakin letting go of being, of letting go of Anakin, <laughs> You know, he can't be Darth Vader and Anakin at, at the same time or he's it's going to make him a, a shitty Darth Vader. So he's got to commit. Mm -hmm. And like it, it was just like the going back to like how the flashbacks like I didn't I didn't realize it until this feeling that all the lead in and lead out characters is almost entirely Vader except for one scene. And it is a shorthand, a visual shorthand for the audience that it's Vader having the flashbacks and something that I just yeah. missed. And so, cause I, I like, I, I had misremembered that it was both of them, but no, it's just Anakin. And mm -hmm. it's, it's so interesting that he is the one that's actively thinking about that. Um, uh, Vader is not learning the, the, no, uh, what did I write here? Obi-Wan says in the flashback that Anakin lets go of the need to, to prove himself, but he's still a Padawan. Oh, I, I remember this note. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I remember this note. This is the note I was looking for in act one. Um, what, what is interesting is, is if there wasn't a Clone Wars, Anakin might've had time to learn this lesson because, Obi-Wan says that until Anakin learns to let go of this need to prove himself, he will always be a Padawan. And they had all the time in the world, and then a Clone War happened. And Anakin was essentially knighted out of necessity because of the Clone Wars. And it's just like another like fascinating like little like chess piece from from Palpatine. Because what if the Clone Wars didn't happen for like another 10 years? Anakin probably would have learned this lesson. You know, he probably would have had more time. He probably would have had more because he was like 20 when the Clone Wars started, something like that. And so he's still trying to learn and figure out who he is and blah, blah, blah and all that stuff. And he might not have even stayed with the Order finding out that Padme is pregnant and all that. Actually, he's not even married to Padme right now. This is pre-episode two. He's not even married to her. You know, they have crushes, but like they're not the doinking yet. 
still be people doinking soon. But like, there's so much room to grow that like, if the Clone Wars didn't happen right when it did, that Anakin probably wouldn't have fallen. <laughs> I don't know. It's so interesting where this like this time period is and how how close it came and just to, to finish up with like the whole fight with like Vader and stuff like that. I, actually, before I move on, did you have anything about that? Nope, nope. I am I am done with with Act Three. I'm done with it. Hope. I'm fucking done. Um, I I do like the move on Obi Wan to being like Reva. Let's be allies. <laughs> That's actually really smart on his part. Well, like, yeah. once he realizes it, he's just like the Force can. The Force led it's me to you. It's very Jedi. Is getting his groove back. It's very what a Jedi would do. It's very what Obi Wan Obi Wan the Jedi would do. And this is also like another place where like Moses is acting is so is so good because she like steps in close and she still looks threatening because she's portraying an inquisitor, but she like her voice and her eyes, it's it's all in the voice and the eye acting because everything about her is is inquisitor and she just like it's just like, oh my god, let's do it, yeah. <laughs> like it's so good. Um but I also the point that I, I I think that she does really well is during the fight with Vader. And she's essentially, like, reduced to being that child again. And I think that that moment is really beautiful where it's just going between her past and her future. Though it is probably... I could see that being a very triggering scene for a lot of people. Especially with what's, hey, going on right now in our real world. Um, you know, because our world sucks and we have mass shootings all the time and we just had one on Michigan State University for one of there's, there's several there's several kids now that have lived through more than one shooting. There's they, they were interviewing a girl that, and she lived the, through Sandy Hooks. And she was and she lived through Sandy Hook, then she she got over that like as much as possible went to college and then they had a shooting at her college i mean the reason and, these and, episodes... and she's not the only one there's 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 somebody who's survived three right now yeah and the reason these is it's, it's actually really sad like the reason that we have these warnings with any of these like youngling scenes being killed is because when these episodes came out Uvalde just happened. Uvalde, Texas just happened. And our world is trash. And it makes me mad, though, that we have to live in this world. And I'm just ranting now. <laughs> I I just, it it's really sad. And I, I could see, like, while this is, like, beautiful and poignant, I could see this being, like, a scene that could probably be very triggering for a lot of people of having that flashback of your trauma as a child playing out in your adult self. Um, so while I do, like, want to, like, praise Moses for her acting because she acts the fuck out of these scenes. Um, it's just a bigger commentary on how trashy our legal system is and not our legal system. Our laws are and the fact that we, there's a reason we have to have these warnings because it's ridiculous the amount of that we're in February and we've already had something like like what like 80 mass shootings so far and it's only yeah, it's average to a day, to a day. Yeah, so. Anyway, back on a happier note. Um, let's talk about my grande boyfriend. <laughs> this might be 
my favorite grande boyfriend scene of all time it is up there i would have to actually sit and like think through it because i have i i love the scene with him and rebels as the temple guard i love the scene when he is i, I love a lot of scenes where he's fighting kanan i love the scene i love the scene next week I don't know, but this is up there. It's just the, like, the little, like, hello, <laughs> when he comes out. And he has such good lines. Like, he has the best, the, the line of, revenge does wonders for the will to live, don't you think? Like, it has, he has the best line. He's so hot. He comes over, he's petty enough to pluck his pen off her dying body to, like, stick back on his little chest. Like, ah, oh, he's so good in the scene. But let's talk about the ruse. I do wonder how long these two, being Vader and Grande, have been making this ruse. Because Vader specifically tells Reva he's always known that she was the youngling he stabbed. So that tells me it's been at least 10 fucking years they've known about her. And Grande, when he has his whole, like, revenge's wonder for the will to live, yeah, on one hand, it is about his stabbing because she stabbed him but also he's acknowledging that she had to have this revenge and this will to live as well so i feel like they've both been like you know you have vader as the district manager and like as the regional manager and grande as the district manager and they're both looking at their little sales associate going you know what there are so few force users left and she is here and she's clearly angry because Grande has the line of, you know, your rage was useful until it was tiresome. He's something along the lines of that. So I think that they both have been like, here's our backup plan. If she decides to go on a stabby mission, then we'll just kill her. But if she doesn't want to be all stabby and she actually wants to work with us, cool. Free yeah, no, guy. no, she, she, she's the one who pulled out. They used her to pull out Obi Wan. They're the ones. Yeah. That, she's the one who got every, 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 cha- both chances that the Vader gets at Obi Wan. She gave them to him. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I don't think like the the Grande was in on much of it until the end. Because I don't, I don't think you, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't. But like, I probably till after he was stabbed. Yeah. Because, but he, they were probably just like, all the other Inquisitors are like, Vader, we hate her. And he's just like, just wait, don't worry. You know, you know, and, and Vader might probably didn't know exactly what she would be useful for, but he just like, in, you know, as time played out, he was like, okay, this will, we'll use her for this, you know, you know, he probably just knew, you know, between what he's learned from the Emperor emperor and being you know darth vader he was probably you know he saw her weaknesses and strengths and then was you know that's a good manager you know you see the weaknesses and strengths and you use them for your advantage i and when you're done you get them out of there without a severance plan (laughs) i um i slightly agree slightly disagree but I i don't see their relationship like that i see like actually grande as like legitimately vader's right hand um like if, if he's palpatine if vader's palpatine's right hand i see you know god is his right hand because 
But that's just how I interpret their relationship because I feel like you were saying that like you don't think that Grundy's been in with this, but Anakin did all this planning. That's Anakin fucking Skywalker. He doesn't plan anything. I feel like that's where Grande stepped in. Um, but but that's just my interpretation of that. Well, Grande like, didn't really do anything out of just to stay out of the way until he didn't until he got stabbed. Well, but that's, but what, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like I think they've kind of been like thinking this prior to the show starting. Where they've been kind of like watching Reva from afar. And, and I feel like they probably do this with all the Inquisitors. Where they're kind of just like, okay, well, Seven Sister, well, clearly is batshit crazy in this way. So we need to look out for that. And that's just kind of like Sith preservation. Like they're the two of them are just like, I'm sure even Vader was like, Grande, I know exactly how you would kill me. And he's like, cool, I know exactly how I would kill you too. <laughs> like, But I, I do feel like... Um, Grande and Vader has like a contingency. That's the word. I'm has like a contingency plan for like, like how Batman knows how to kill every member of the justice league. I yeah. feel like they have the, the two of them have that with all the other inquisitors. Um, but that's just, that's just my interpretation of them. I, I actually think they have a really close working relationship, but that's just how I interpret it because I don't think Anakin Skywalker can plan anything till next Friday. So, which is what Grande does. Grande does all the scheduling. <laughs> but that's just how I read them. Um, and the last note that I have is, I like this kind of final choice that the, the moment sets up, where Obi-Wan, who didn't even want to save Leia and wanted to use Luke as a crutch, has this cliffhanger of, does he stay with Leia or does he go help Luke? And, I mean, of course, we know how, like, it plays out. But uh, I do like having this final choice as the cliffhanger because does he, where does he go? And it's, I just thought it was a nice kind of, like, little mini cliffhanger. So. That's all I have for Act 3. I didn't even, I didn't even think of it as he was thinking of I have to pick one or the two. He was just thinking, like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Because well, he does, because he gets both, you know, he does get both. He just, at this point, he just has to drop Leia off, you know. But that's so. the thing. Well, no, it's not that easy because Roken says, hey, our hyperdrive is out and they're right, right. behind us. Right. So right. it's one of those things of like, do I stay and help Leia or I know through the force that Luke is in danger? Where, yeah, which but, one do I choose? He doesn't have a way to get to Luke anyway. He's got to, he's got to go with them. He's got to make sure that they don't get caught. He's still he's still tied to them in action, you know, because if he's going to get back to Luke, he's going to, you know, well, you know, he wants to get Leia home too, but yeah, mm. he, they're going to have to have to fix the hyperdrive problem or get him, get him, still get him away safe. So yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's all I had for the episode. Did you have anything else? I got nothing else. All right. Score it up for me, Chris. I gave it an 8.5. I thought it was a really good episode. It was it was better than I remembered it too. So far, it's all been better than I <laughs> remember it. I I I I mean I I have some basic problems with it, but like, um, I thought they were going to get worse on a second viewing, and so far everything's been better on a second viewing, which make, makes me really looking forward to the next episode. This is honestly going to be really hard to rank because. All of mine have been like, all, except for like one episode, all my ratings have been like 8 and 8.5 so far. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know how be... I'm going to rank them. 
especially because like this was the episode that the first time I watched it, I felt like this was the weakest episode. And I love it. I love this episode. And and you're right. Like, it almost it's, it's so it almost stronger. seems like too short of a time to even do much of a wrap up on it. You know, <laughs> we no, just we'll started still do it. a wrap up. Well, don't you guys worry. We'll still do a wrap up. But <laughs> oh, Hope's got to do evolution. We're not letting her get away with that. I but. know. Um, but yeah, I I feel the same way. Like I I really love this episode. I love everything they do with it. Um, I do think that. It, it does have a little bit of the problem that Book of Boba Fett has. Um, but it, that doesn't mean that I don't like what we have. Um, I give it an eight, an 8 out of 10. I could, after talking, I could bump it up to an 8.5. And I, that's kind of where I am outside of like one episode, which was a solid fucking nine. I've been essentially sitting at an 8.5 ever since. Like 8.5, 8.25. Like, I think yeah. I had an 8 in there once, yeah. I, I have an eight somewhere, but yeah, it's it's gonna be hard. So, well, as always, we would love to hear your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, the Two True Freaks Facebook page, and we have a Discord now. So, if you want to know how to get to the Two True Freaks Discord, where you can talk to me and Chris about Jagas and Jedi, just like message me or Chris, and we'll send you an invite. So, we'll be happy to have you. Um, this week, our feedback comes from Twitter for our episode for Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Just for a little bit of context, uh, this came from me sharing our episode on my personal Twitter. So, which oh. is why, why you're about to read from me. So, like, it has what I wrote and then my friend Will. We've never had Will before and Will's just a buddy of mine. Like, he's from, like, my, uh, Pink Milk family and that, like, that group over there. Um, and we were chatting about it and so, Yeah. Hi, Will. All right. So Hope said, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was a great Indiana Jones movie, and I had a blast watching it. I loved it more than Temple of Doom. True fact still. And Will Beatty says, this is the correct take. 2008 was the last great banner year for pre-Disney Lucasfilm. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, The Clone Wars, The Force Unleashed, tons of amazing merch. I would I agree. agree. And the beginning of Two True Freaks. <laughs> it was the beginning of Two True Freaks. It really was. Yes, it was. Like that, it was. that I think because that was the first season of Clone Wars and we met like a year later. So like it yeah. really was a big old banner 2000, year. Two thousand and eight was and and I would blame um this this pre this pre, big surge in Lucasfilm activity and the recession at the time for creating <laughs> and Scott Gardner for, for hitting me up online and be going like, Hey, you want to make a podcast? But you know, the reason, the reason he was, we were, we were able to make so many podcasts is I was, I was unemployed at the time and well, I was employed doing like eBay. So I was like free, you know, on a free schedule and Scott Gardner was un- laid off from his job. So all of a sudden we had time to sit down for five, six hours at a time. <laughs> and there you had two true freaks. If you want to hear the story about how me and Chris met, um, about what, 10, 15 ish episodes ago, look up the episode, wrap those puppies up where we record with my sister and we tell the story to my sister. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the story we've told the story and sh- that was, that was, it's that's the most the long recent time we've yeah, told that's the, story. the most recent and it's the most long story form story and it has the time travel element to it too so 
yeah. that's the one to get the whole thing. But we've told that story a bunch of times. I I love we, telling that story. We have, but we I love that story. I love that story too. We just haven't told that episode, that story in like a hundred episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a hot minute. So if you want to hear about me and Chris Matt, look up the episode, wrap those puppies up with my sister. So but that's all I have. I feel God, we we finish Kenobi next week and then the wrap up. Holy shit. Holy shit, yeah. Chris. Oh my god. Yeah. We're about to be Andor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Looking forward to watching that again. I love that show. I'm sorry. I I, I like that's like I think Andor is gonna be a, a depending on how season two goes. But if season two is is as good as season one, then it's gonna be a, a jewel on Disney's Star Wars crown, I think. Even like um people who are like really just like Okay, let me rephrase this. Even with critics that I I follow who are kind of like lukewarm about Disney acquisition, like I keep thinking about the the honest trailers of Andor, and they're like in this in this show that's about a prequel of a prequel, and it's the best thing Disney's ever done. <laughs> like that's the general, yeah, it is, and um, it's just funny because I'm watching it also right now with my stepmom. So, like, that's been a really interesting... Because she has, like, no context to any of this. All she heard was, Andor is a good show. So, it's probably the best Star Wars to watch with no context. It is, it is. Really, and, ever. You know? I'm actually going to wait till season two is done before I show her Rogue One. I'm I'm going to hold off on that one. But, uh, yeah, it's it's so it's been really interesting because I'm already in the middle of rewatching it. We just finished the Aldani arc. Um, it's... It's the kind of show where, you know, you have people who it's their career to trash whatever Star Wars comes out next for whatever reason. They have their they have a whole that's like a horribly sad life. It is, but it makes money. And if you're of that, if you're of that mindset of it, then maybe you like ranting about. But I know it's you mean the mindset of grifter. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, the money rolls in, the money rolls in on it, you know, so, but they haven't had shit to do with it. Like, and, and that is also like why I don't think they're all, most of them, I don't even think most of them are completely disingenuous. I just think they're super immature and also like money, but like, cause if they were really grifting about it, if they were really grifting about Andor, They'd sit down and they'd do some work to figure out how to how to fit it into their grift, but they can't. And and like, and I've even watched a few of their videos, and they're like, I I gotta say this is good, you know. So it doesn't. It just it it, it you know what it is. It's really really good writing. It's really good writing that stuff. So if you have something and the writing isn't isn't on point, it gives the people who don't just automatically don't want to like it something to grab onto and you don't have that in andor you don't you know, you know i mean you know it's how full, I knew- it's, it's it's chock full of more social messaging than any other star wars ever made before it but it doesn't go down bad to the people who don't like social messaging as a matter of fact it goes it's written well that they don't understand writing so, you know, they don't understand that, like, every movie they see is chock full of social messaging, even the ones that they pull up as examples of being like, here, this is free of it. This is what I want. And they just, they, they 
you know, they don't know that like the line between that usually is writing. If the writing isn't that good, then like the social messaging is awkward. It's over the top. It's it's you know in your you face. Know, it's too like in you know yeah like too, getting in the face with it. Yeah, yeah, just not just awkwardly handled and stuff. But when it's done well, it just becomes a story, and they don't, and they don't, you know, pick up on it. You know, they just they're they're they they get caught up on it like anybody else. But you know, my my top example of that is why you know I mean, the 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 Ghostbusters remake with the all female cast was, I watched it. It was I didn't think it was good, but I didn't think it was like this horrible travesty. It was just a poorly written and conceived movie. It didn't the characters could have worked, but they you know, it was it was just it was just not done well. And it and it and it opened and then they can take that like bad writing and be like, see, this is this and this and you know, and and it is because it's poorly written, <laughs> you know. And yeah, and Andor has just been the the the, o- the only thing negative I've ever seen of Andor are people who are like, ah, I'm not interested in this. You know, I'm not the interested. The only negative in things character. I, the only like super negative things like I've seen of it are people who are clearly being racist of like, I can't watch this. I can't understand Diego Luna's accent. And I was just like, honey, that's what's whatever. So- it's <laughs> Put so on the subtitles, slight. you fucking racist. <laughs> that's just somebody being. That's just somebody being a, a asshole. But like that, you know, the people are like, I, you know, I understand them going like, ah, I'm not interested in Andor at all because I wasn't interested in Andor at all as a character. I didn't I, I was like, I'm going to check it out. You know, it might be it might be really good. It might be really bad. We'll see, you know, but at that point, but uh, but until the actual show happened, I didn't really have any interest in Andor. When I saw the when I saw the trailers, I was like, Ooh, visually, I like uh, I like the look of maybe this could be good, you know. But they they had to sell me on the character, and they did by putting in magnificent writing and and acting. So, and you know, and and Andor was he, I mean he was good in the movie, but he wasn't like he wasn't the character I would have picked out and said I want to see this back. And also, it's what we were saying about this, like the difference between like Reva in a movie versus Reva in a TV show. Like in a movie, you only have so much time, and right. so we only had so much time with. Cassian in the movie right, right. so versus having a lot of time with him in the show <laughs> right right and and you know but like you know I just I did I didn't feel he was that compelling of a character but and and, and in a lot of ways he's kind of not compelled that compelling of a character but as uh, but the the show really really you know it it he feels like a real character in the show more than like a super like I need to know like a lot about him. It like it's the it's his reactions in the story. Well, we'll get to it when we get to Andor. But I was like, about to say you're yeah, just being a sneak none peek none of, of us in none, Andor, and those are gonna yeah, be some none, long none, fucking episodes. None of the naysayers have been able to put out a good like let's trash Andor and all the people who are like, I'm not interested in the you know They'll hold out. The ones I know personally, they'll hold out for a while. They're not a curiosity. Someday, they'll pop it on and they'll watch it and they'll go like, "Oh, then you know, you get two or three episodes in, and everybody I've known who's gotten like two or three episodes in is like, I'm hooked on this shit, you know. So, mm-hmm. 
I, I knew Andor was big when Seth Meyers gave it a shout out in his closer look on his show. And that's when I was just like, holy shit! It, it's punched through, this show punched through, like, the cultural zeitgeist. Because, like, Seth Meyers yeah. said something along the lines of, like, this is not a nerdy show, go fucking watch it. <laughs> well, I hate that element of it, too. Because, God damn it, it is a nerdy show. You know what it is? It is it's a nerdy a really show. good nerdy show. It's a fucking great nerdy show. And I, and I hate that there's still, there's still that, even, even with the, the power that nerds have shown culturally, there's still that, that like, oh, you can watch this and not be a, a drooling basement dweller, you know, yeah, really you know, I, having I, to sell it like I that. I totally get that because I feel this that was is like, serious and adult guys, you can watch it. You know, I hate that. Like, I do cause hate I that like too. watching serious. I like watching serious and adult things. But I don't feel bad when I watch stuff that's not seriously adult. And I got to tell you, I don't take stuff that's not seriously adult as I, I take it as seriously as adult stuff. I think it has as much to offer as something that's adult and super intellectual and stuff like that. Sometimes it has more to offer. As, as a matter of fact, I think it has a stuff like pop culture stuff has a better chance than you know, smart, you know, adult stuff at making an impact in society. So, yeah, and getting its message across. I mean, that's how I feel about like something like Legends of Vox Machina or Owl House. Yeah, they're cartoons, but they're really well made shows. Especially like if you want a well made show for your child, watch Owl House. If you want a well made show for adults, watch Vox Machina. Who cares if they're fucking cartoons? They're really well made shows. And yeah, I am coming off the Vox Machina yeah, finale, which made me the word I was cry. looking for and missing before was stigma. They've got the stigma attached to it that mm -hmm. still hangs on, even though you know we're in the phase where we're discussing like, oh no, I, I you know, and it happened with comic books. Like comic books aren't just for for kids anymore. We're making grown up comics, and then there were grown up comics that were just really like grown up comics as envisioned by kids and. You know, it's just so, it's still, still messed up. Yeah, we'll get there. Anyway, that, there's a little preview of some of the stuff that we'll probably talk about when we get to Andor. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a lot of talking in Andor. Oh, yeah, those are going to be some long-ass episodes. Well, anyway. we'll see, we'll see, we'll see well, how it goes. That's actually a really good, like, Because I think the first, I think the first few episodes might be really long and we'll establish some basic points that run through the whole series and then as it goes on it will be more of like you know you're not going wrong about finding that. parts that that reach to those those basic points but it's good we're gonna have some long shows in the beginning establishing the basic themes you know that will run off after that and then we can go episode you're, you're not episode. wrong about that because when because as i said I'm, i've been rewatching it with my stepmom and on my second viewing like the sh the shock of the stuff has worn off. Like I, I knew it was going to be good, but I wasn't expecting to be like so highly social commentary. So a lot of the stuff that we originally talked about was like, oh my God, I can't believe they're getting into like these kind of themes and topics. And it was the shock of it that was. But now on my second rewatch, I'm just sitting here going, here are the top four important things in this episode. They, 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 lay, they lay out all their major themes right in the first, right in the first yeah. And then everything uh, is just uh, like an unraveling snowball. 
Yes. And so so we'll we'll be able to we'll be able to like lay the thematic foundation in that first arc. And then after that, we can just use that as our as a template, you know, for the story after that. I oh, my actually, God, I love it. I love wrapping my head around this shit. This is going to be a great, uh, great stuff. Obi-Wan's would, not even finished yet, and we're already. I know, right? I, I would almost be curious and consider me just doing a recap up front and then just letting us go for like the rest of the time. Just talking about the episode. I'm, I, I'm, I'm seriously. Th- and then there's going to be the goofy stuff where I'm seriously thinking of of uh, trying to find Paul McCartney songs that go with each episode because he looks exactly like Let It Be era <laughs> Paul McCartney. <laughs> and I cannot get over it. It's only when he, it's only when he talks and he has sort of a similar vocal vocal range as as Paul McCartney, but he's got his accent. So when he talks, he 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 starts to lose the Paul McCartney. But whenever he's just sort of doing stuff, I just keep seeing Paul McCartney <laughs> in Star Wars. And it's a lot of fun for me. But there you go. Hope you enjoyed your indoor preview. We'll be there. <laughs> indoor episode one will be happiness is a warm gun. Oh, ah. Anyway. <laughs> My brain just went, oh, and then it went, oh. <laughs> like it connected there. I I cover I jumped the I jumped the gap. I'm there now. Anyway, Chris, where can people find you? You can actually, find me. actually speaking of Paul McCartney, this bitch, this bitch Chris shared with me. He has actually, never mind. Can I say it? Say it. He has the watercolor uh, uh, images like that Paul McCartney painted for a music video, and he decided to show me on a like on a video call, just like, "Hey, look at this!" No, and I'm it, like, it was it was it was John Lennon, but it's oh. it, yeah, ink blots, but yeah, not I don't have any I don't have any Paul McCartney mel. It's it's John Lennon. Yeah, I just but got I, this. I know you're young. You don't you you don't know your Beatles. The Paul McCartney, John Lennon, whatever. I just knew. But, I know it's a Beatle. He has shit from the Beatles that's actually like hand painted by the by a Beatle. Yeah. And he just decided to drop it on me just while talking in a video chat with me one day. And I was just like, how the fuck, man? You better get those like framed or shit. Because <laughs> that's the other thing. I was like, I was like, are you planning to do anything? And Chris was like, no. And I was like, what if you die? And he's like, well, I guess they'll be lost the time. And I'm like, Chris. <laughs> Such is the nature of life, Hope. Oh, I, anyway. the, the, the the amount of time and effort and money it would take for me to get those authenticated and I'm running out of time. Yoko Ono is 93 years old. I would need to get I would need to get Yoko Ono to be like, yes, this is, you know, an auth- I would need to get it authenticated by the the um, state. By that that's right. The uh, the the Lenin estate, but Yoko Ono is the Lenin estate. Uh, spoiler I'm sure they have employees and stuff but like Yoko Ono it would have to be run by Yoko Ono she would be the one who would know the person who made the film is dead John Lennon's dead so Yoko would have to go like yes I remember this which she probably does and stuff 
I don't want to bother Yoko Ono on that any to to authenticate it for me so I can prove that it's real because I never plan to sell it. You know, I mean, I'd like to think when I die that there's a there's there's a couple people around here who'd be like, oh, the ink blots. You know, we'll give them to his biggest Beatles fan friend, or maybe someday, you know, when I get so I'm not old enough yet to write a will. <laughs> <laughs> so you know. Uh, you know, or or maybe when I get old and feeble, I'll I'll gift them to somebody, which is what happened to me. The the person who made who made the movie had them at his house, and I went there with my dad, and he and uh, he was like, "What kind of art you like?" And I like I like the Beatles, and and he didn't say anything about it. And then like a month later, I get a letter in the mail with him with a minute. And you know, he was like eighty five years old at the time. He was probably just like this kid. This will be. Big thrill for this kid. I've gotten my jollies from this, you know, <laughs> from owning this. I don't care. He lived he lived in a rustic house. It was just bare frames inside. It was like almost, you know, it was like he, he lived old countries, European style, you know, like surf style. So he was, you know, all he had hanging around his house was his art. So I, I, I you know. Yeah, but yeah. I do got ink plots. They're ink plots. Anyway. But John Lennon's hands made them. You can see, <laughs> you can see it, the crease in the paper where his fingers pinched the paper. I know. They're so cool, everybody. They're so cool. Anyway, where can people find you so they can ro- come rob your house? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, let them try. Let them try. Uh, Just, what's your address? <laughs> Indiana Jones wouldn't be able to find find stuff in my house. Yeah, you can't have my address. Good luck getting in. Good luck <laughs> finding anything. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> finding Miss Bernice. And yeah, and getting past Bernice. Anyway, you can find me at two truefreaks.com. That is our <laughs> website. <a> tangent. <laughs> and uh, that's where we keep all our podcasts, including this one. And uh, you can also find us on Facebook. We have the Two True Freaks podcast group where we post all our podcasts up. And we have the Two True Freaks cantina where we talk about them. And we are also on um, Discord. Uh, Discord. And I, I'm going to try to remember tonight to insert the, the Discord link into our show notes. So you can find your way over to Discord. And uh, once I put it in once, it'll be stuck in there. So, you, so, and if you're in the Facebook page, you should be able to find. We'll be we, we'll be posting them regularly, and our Twitter is maintained by the the same person as who's maintaining and formed our our Discord, which is Gene Gene, the Discord machine. Oh, I feel like I should have like a funky beat, like do 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 Gene 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 Gene, the pop pop podcast machine Gene. I mean, once you get used to Discord, I guess there is the sort of Discord post sound, but that would be hard to make <laughs> a bunch yeah. of Discord blings. The the my my greatest thing is today I found out that you can mute that sound per channel, Ooh. and I was just like, oh my god, thank you. So if yeah. you right click on them, you can go to server uh, uh, notification settings, and you can like set how the settings go because I'm in so many Discord channels and like my, my Discord is like constantly going just like bleep, 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 and I'm like I just want to make you all shut up yeah. but I found it out like you can write, you can also do it by community you can do it by channel 
So if you have like just like one channel that's just like popping off, you can like it's mute it. Super annoying. Yeah. Yeah. I found that out today. I was like, my sanity has been saved. Anyway, that's where they can find me. Where can they find you, Hope? You can find me at Jake Eisenberg on Twitter. I still run our Twitter account. I never left. You can also find me at Hope Malnax on Twitter. If you go to my my uh, profile there, you'll see my little link tree and you can see all the stuff I do. Like, right for Dork Side of the Force, where I am a contributor. I'm working on a mini project right now where I'm going through all the new studios of Vision Season 2. And so far, I've written about... Oh, which one? Where my, where's my note? So far, I've written about Cartoon Saloon, um, Studio Artiman, and Studio Mirror. So that's my little project between now and May. Um, so I'm doing that. And I'm also a staff writer for the Geeky Waffle. <laughs> I had to think about it. I was like, what else did I do? Um, where I'm going through Bad Batch right now. And because it's Valentine's Day... Uh, actually, I was telling Chris, I had a really busy week with the Waffles this week. Uh, we just released a really fun video ranking all the Disney couples for Valentine's Day. And boy, do I have a fucking hot take on one of them. I'm and back. I And I don't apologize about it because if you want to know, Little Mermaid is a trash movie. I said what I said and I stand by it. <laughs> but I also did a really cool interview with a YouTuber this week. Um, who I've been watching for a while, and he was really gracious about it. His channel is Super Geek Mike, and we talked Legends of Vox Machina, and that's going up this week as well. Of course, now it's like two weeks away, because, you know, we record two to three weeks in advance. But please go please go check out the Geeky Waffle Twitter, or, or the Geeky Waffle YouTube. Uh, that would actually mean a lot to me. We're actually really close to monetizing our YouTube. So, like, watching stuff we can pay for, you, we can pay for ourselves, so that'd be great. So if you see something on YouTube, on the Geeky Waffles, click on it. Or, you know, just click on it and like, let it run in the background. I don't fucking care what you do with your life. I just want to pay myself. <laughs> so... <laughs> um, but yeah, you can check us out over there, too. And I'm also part of For Light and Dice. And I'm, you know, I talked to you guys about it before. It's an awesome tabletop RPG that I'm with a bunch of really awesome people with. And I love it and we're having fun and we're rolling dice and we're going on adventures and my god am i like jonesing we have like two more day like two more weeks before we do our next session and i'm over here going like clawing at my desk going like i want to play <laughs> and i just so much of it is i really love all the people i work with and they're all amazing contributors and i just miss their faces and i want to know what happens next to our characters and you know I'm unemployed and single, so I have a lot of free time to think about this <laughs> shit. <laughs> I've been just sitting here thinking about it, and I'm just like, man, I need to go write fan fictions about vampires, because, or else I'm just going to be like, man, I just want to play tabletop games. <laughs> so, I don't know. Go check out for Light and Dice, so I'm not sad. And if you like it, let me know. And I know at least one of you do, because Gene Gene the Podcast Machine fucking binged it <laughs> in, like, two days. So but he does. <laughs> he does. It's So, yeah. Anyway, next week we're finishing up Obi-Wan. God, we, it, just, it just flew by. A month and a half. Is yeah, it did. Holy shit. So, uh, that's all I got. So, uh, I guess, ha- happy... T- two to three weeks later valentine's day take care of yourself treat yourself love yourself hydrate or dehydrate 
make sure you eat a meal, unclench your jaw, um, you know, relax your shoulders. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> You're just working them right through. Yeah, well, Don't take tr- any wood nickels. Do you know how many times, like, like every time, um, like me and my friend group has like a like a little thing that we do where every once in a while one of us will just type to each other and clench your jaw. Do you know how many times I've actually stopped and went like, oh my god, my jaw is clenched. <laughs> like, you know, it's it's like a stress. So like, you know, relax your shoulders, take a deep breath, go outside, um, look at the sky, you know, unless it's nighttime, then look at the moon, look at the stars, so look at the clouds at night. So yeah, I love you all. Thank you for, you know, being with us for the 160 episodes. And I love you guys and take care of yourself. And All right. Bye, everybody. Happy <laughs> Valentine's Day, grande boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> bye, guys. Bye. That one went off the rails at the end All there. Right, Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. Dumbass. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. Roger, roger.